Now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir? I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis. And from AOPA, we have our buddy Tom Haynes helping us uh, round out the team here as we navigate the latest aviation news and information. All right, so look, uh, you know, what what did you do on your Christmas and New Year's vacation? We kind of, you know, we we have a special guest, so I'll let him go first. And that'd be Tom Haynes. Who uh, you actually used the holiday time to increase your aviation knowledge? Is that right, Tom? Yes. In addition to watching Shit's Creek, I, I excuse I did me, you actually- can't say that on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> There's a C in the middle. It's spelled incorrectly. Right. Exactly. Okay. Just so um, we're clear. Right. So yeah, binge watching. Uh, in addition to that, I actually did something semi-productive in the in that I got a a remote pilot certificate, a Part One Hundred Seven oh. certification from the FAA on Very on nice. New Year's Day, actually. Okay, so you used the holiday. Uh, well, how long did it take you to go through that? Because that's just an online course, right? Right. If if you already have a pilot certificate, uh, it it's just a couple hours of study through an FAA course, um, and then taking a I think it's a 20, 30, 25, 35 question test, which is open book. Uh, and you have 90 minutes to complete it. It took me about 15, I think. Really? Um, okay. Well, and uh, and then then you the what took longer is the FAA paperwork. You got to go through what the IACRA system at the FAA. Yeah. And uh, and and run through that uh, hoop, and then get a uh, somebody like a flight instructor to basically bless it, and then voila, um, you eventually will get a new certificate in the mail from the FAA that in, in addition to all whatever other ratings you have will now include uh, remote pilot. Excellent. So now you're flying your Millennium Falcon that you got on Christmas morning legally. Right. Is that what, yes, what happened? Right, right. right. <laughs> I could have used that skill. Yeah, I could have used your really? new uh, certification. Yeah. You know, I was uh, at home in uh, Ohio at my uh, at my mom's house for the holidays, and uh, we noticed there was some uh, scratching going on in the in the walls. And we're like, well, they got critters up in the attic or on the wall or in the wall or something. And sure enough, we put a video camera up there. She had she has squirrels in her attic, <laughs> so they're getting into the house, you know, from the chimney or something. So we could have used your drone skills to, you know, pick them off while they're going in and out of the house uh, yeah. over the holidays. Is that what you plan to do with this new found uh, certification? Is uh, I don't know, take out critters and that kind of thing for friends or what? Yeah, well, <laughs> let, let let's not let certification and skill they don't necessarily equate one with the other just because you're the certification True. doesn't mean you have the skill because i've only ever flown a drone a couple of times but now the fa says i'm legal to do it for hire yeah so uh um yeah i'm not sure that uh you know spewing lead uh at small rodents uh, is make it a flamethrower <laughs> that's more forgiving okay. you know you can, well wait a minute that'd be your house Let's see on the know? rooftop that, yeah. that may not be such a great uh, idea oh wow okay yeah. there there's that i guess right. But, but maybe uh, I could photograph them coming and going, and you know they'll probably uh, wave a cheesy smile. That's oh, uh, that's no fun. Yeah, we already got them on camera. We put a camera up in the attic, right. and so we we've <laughs> filmed them, um, and, and uh, but we haven't taken them out yet. I think it's only proper to do it with a drone. 
You know, maybe, maybe some kind of netting thing. I don't know. But oh, I mean, do you, do you actually have a goal for this or did you just do it because like, yeah, you know, I could watch, you know, a Christmas vacation or, you know, a day in a life or what? Right. I mean, I, you know, a wonderful life. But you decided I'm going to do something constructive and get my drone cert. Yeah, it's going to be great at the bar. You know, the girls really go for that when you flip, <laughs> flip right. your remote pilot certificate out and say, hey, want to see my drone? Wow. Uh, okay. All right. That That's yeah. going to get you arrested, Tom. You better be careful, uh, depending on what state you're in and what bar yeah. it might be. <laughs> right. But yeah, uh, no, no, no big plans. Okay. Someday, maybe. It was just fun. You did it for yeah. fun. You had yeah. the time. Bragging rights. Okay. I love it. Yeah. Uh, you know, Dennis, you've had that sir, for a while, right? You were one of the first. I, yeah, I got mine uh, right after they made it available, and I have yet to officially use it. <laughs> but, you know, at least I have it. And well, I went through the test, and just like Tom, you know, probably took me longer to get the uh, the instructor to sign it off in IACRA than it did to actually study for and take the test. Yeah. Well, did your family take the hint and get you a drone for Christmas, or that didn't they happen? did not. Okay, so no. you're still uh, in that. What about you, Tom? Did you pick up a drone uh, for real or no? I didn't, and, and I thought about it, but, you know, now there's this new uh, final rule out from the FAA that requires um, drones to have remote ID, and, and, mm-hmm. and that's going to take another 18 months or so for the industry to get caught up on that. So I thought, well, maybe I'll wait a while and get one that uh, is compatible with the new remote ID system, although supposedly you're going to be able to add them on to existing drones as well as having them you know, built from the factory with the, some kind of a system in it. But yeah, well, so I think I'm when it kinda, comes kinda enough. to the uh, Millennium Falcon drone, the, uh, the new edition, they're going to, they're just going to modify it. So it's going to be a little baby Yoda. You just stick to it, to the top of it. <laughs> right. And that'll be the transmitter for that. <laughs> it'll be screaming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, you did that much. What about flying? Did you do anything, uh, exciting flying wise, or did you stay close to home? Uh, on New Year's. I mean, did you do your uh, New Year's flight that I know you had planned? Yeah, no, I I did have planned, but uh, as it turned out, um, I I didn't. The weather here was was kind of marginal, and we were busy with some other stuff. And before I knew it, the day was gone, so I didn't get to do that this year. Okay, well, but at least you got some training in. All right, when yeah. it comes to industry stuff, we're kind of back in the you know the heat of it. Uh, you know, things are you know back on track. We're through the holidays. I mean, we got this whole election thing. We still got to figure out what the hell's going on. But that said, you know, there are a lot of things happening that uh, pilots need to be aware of. You've been covering that on AOPA. What's been on your radar there, Tom? Well, the big news over the holiday was uh, the passing of the National Defense Authorization Act, you know, Mm -hmm. that uh, Congress uh, overrode the veto from President Trump on getting that passed. And among the things that are in there, there's a lot of stuff in there, but one of them is language that we managed to get inserted that requires the FAA to work with the Department of Defense to create a real-time system to report status of special use airspace. So all the military operations areas and uh, restricted areas and all kinds of airspace that uh, pilots have to deal with that's blocked off for military training purposes and other special missions is often not used. And it's hard to know whether it's active or not. And so um, it's, this is a, requires it to be much more transparent and, I, and ultimately to be available in the cockpit in real time mm-hmm. for pilots to know. And so you don't have to, won't have to fly around airspace that's not being used. And, uh, you know, MITRE uh, estimates it's like $100 million in savings on fuel alone uh, for every year for pilots 
including the military, for not having to fly around airspace that's not being used anyhow that you could safely transit. So it's kind of a big deal. Also, from an emission standpoint, you know, there's an economic or an environmental impact as well. Sure. That uh, savings on fuel burn, uh, that sort of thing, also has. Well, that sounds impacts. like a good thing. That doesn't sound like pork. Wait. Yeah. Well, this particular one is a good thing. <laughs> yes. Okay. So uh, they get, we got that to look for. Do we have any idea? You know how the military feels about that. I, I mean, there are they fans of it too, or they're like, "Oh, we got to do this for those GA pilots." Ah, crap! What, what kind of attitude are, are we getting back from them, or do or yeah. do we? Well, I think uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's somebody out there who doesn't like it. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's uh, a couple of majors at the Pentagon are going to be working real hard to identify uh, what airspace is actually being used and figure all that out. Um, but, uh, you know, the amount of airspace available to the military has grown dramatically hmm. in the last couple of decades. And, and partly because they, with faster airplanes and that sort of thing, they need more airspace. And, you know, we get that, but we also want it available to us when they're not using it, which is most of the time. Right. Um, you know, any particular area, they may not be using all that much. So this basically turns it over for public use when it's uh, not being used by the military. So they've had a lot of benefits and, and now it's just a matter of, uh, helping the rest of the world take advantage of that airspace when they're not using. All right, so they'll work up a system, and then we'll uh, uh, get a little bit more access and save some on uh, fuel burn and that kind of thing. Yeah, you guys in Florida got a lot of air, that airspace to deal with, and all up and down the East Coast. Every time I fly down to Florida from up here in the in Maryland, you know, there's just a lot of a lot of military airspace between here and there to deal with. And out in the Midwest, in the Upper Midwest, uh, there's huge blocks of airspace that. Uh, really are challenging for pilots to safely get around. Yeah, if they're not going to use it, uh, they're going to lose it, uh, at least temporarily. So there you go. That's a win for us. All right, look, we got more coming up, including some uh, stories we heard over the holidays that may have affected their general aviation travel. That's coming up next on Just Plane Radio. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot, and flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the aviation world? Well, look no further than Just Plane Radio. Just like you, thousands of aviation enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. 
nothing. Go to JustPlainRadio.com. Send us an email and let us get to work to make your marketing message matter. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. A touch of my hand and you shall fly. It's my yeah. time to fly. This is Just Plane Radio, Radio Co-Pilot. That's me along Captain Dennis and Camille Vieira, Tom Haynes, helping us navigate the latest aviation news. I'm a North South Rider in a right, so, uh, you know, we left over from the holidays. And uh, maybe we saw the, uh, I guess, I don't know, was that a notum or just an FAA announcement about, hey, there could be some delays over over New Year's Day and that kind of thing? Dennis, what was that exactly that I saw? That was actually an AOPA provided an air traffic control alert. They sent out this news advisory to all of their members uh, advising to about potential delays uh, due to increased holiday traffic up and down the East Coast and Florida over the holiday weekend. Okay, which makes sense because a lot of people were traveling and stuff, uh, maybe a little bit more intensely for general aviation, uh, all the snowbirds coming down to Florida and then having to fly home. But there was a little bit more than that uh, to the story. Is that right, Tom? What, what do you know? Yeah, that, so that ATC alert came about uh, with a big conference call we had with the National Business Aviation Association and uh, the number two guy at the air, air traffic organization at the FAA on uh, Christmas or New Year's Eve. Um, because over the Christmas holiday weekend, they had just horrible traffic backups in the air traffic system up and down the East Coast, particularly in the Northeast, mostly people being held on the ground and not even allowed to take off if your destination was in uh, the Southeast, particularly in Florida. Hmm. And so to try to prevent that, um, we, we were on the horn with the FAA um, right before the New Year's weekend uh, to understand what the situation was and to try to advise pilots on some strategies they could use over that holiday weekend to kind of cut down on some of the issues that occurred over Christmas. So that's what the message was that we sent out to about 116,000 of our members up and down the East Coast. Plus, we put it in our national publications as well. Got it. So it was a bottleneck of people just wanting to get to Florida around Christmas. But but uh, but there was more to it because the the system was being overloaded, not just because of the sheer number of pilots flying around, but also because we had a few spots where they had some COVID issues at the towers or something, and they had to... Uh, like, uh, like, all right, we got to scrub it down, shut her down. Uh, was that going on or is that what the rumor is or what? What do you know? Well, that was an element of it. You know, I got to report every week about what's happening in the system. And there were 294 FA facilities across the country this week that, um, had, that had some sort of COVID situation going on. Mm-hmm. And we know that Jacksonville Center, of course, which is right there in the heart of all the traffic heading north and south, uh, down the East Coast, uh, they did shut down uh, for about five hours for wow. cleaning because of a COVID situation. And, and you can imagine what happens with that. They, I mean, they hand the sectors off to other facilities, but it just does not work as efficiently. Mm-hmm. Uh, DFW or our Fort Worth Center um, uh, last week, uh, they shut down for a period of time because of a COVID situation as well. So it's kind of the piling on of COVID and the holiday traffic and uh, 
I think people just were anxious to get out and about. You know, the volume of traffic, uh, particularly up and down the East Coast, was enormous over the weekend, up 47% compared to the same period last year. Um, so it's uh, people are out flying their general aviation airplanes, that's for sure. Well, I, I wonder, I, I kind of think of an analogy like, what is it, the Caddyshack movie where they find the baby Ruth in the swimming pool and <laughs> they go running? Is that what's happening when they have this, uh, this COVID outbreak? Rank or, I mean, what are you hearing in that regard? Is it like an orderly transition, I guess, is what I'm asking. Or like, oh, crap, Joe's positive. Everybody clear (laughs) the room. You know, I mean, what do we know? Yeah, I don't think it happens quite like that. Okay. I think it's very, they they have plans in place. Actually, the FAA has all sorts of backup plans and backup plans to the backup plans for all kinds of situations, including Mm -hmm. a pandemic, believe it or not. Yeah, okay. Um, And so they just need to implement these plans. They have letters of agreement between all kinds of different FAA facilities that, you know, if this happens, we're going to hand off this sector to you. And uh, all that kind of thing. And and so that's, they, they put those plans into place and it's sort of an orderly transition, but of course right. it never works as well as a normal operation. So right. it does cause some backups. Hey, for all we all know, you know, for all we know, they probably have a, uh, like a baby Ruth plan too. Like, <laughs> well, Hey, what is that on the counter? <laughs> I want this room clean, sterilized and disinfected. Yeah. I think that's kind of how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yes, so uh, seen the movie. now you now you know, and uh, you can at least, uh, or at least you are informed that there could be some issues, and hopefully it didn't bog you down too much during your holiday travel. Uh, I know you were planning to do some stuff yourself uh, on New Year's, Dennis, but uh, what you did, what you, uh, I don't know, you diverted, I guess. But then you heard that uh, Mark Baker did it anyway. What you wanted to do is that right? Pretty much. Um, I actually wanted to take my wife down to marathon into the keys. I thought that would be really fun to do on like new year's day or even the day after. And so I called down to the local GA uh, provider down at marathon and basically was told that they were having the week from hell. So if you wanted to try to get a courtesy car or rent a car, there was none available. Uh, So we kind of pivoted our plan. And instead I took my wife to a little bit more uh, laid back uh, just to went I went to one of the local airports, uh, went again back to over to Okeechobee and took her to breakfast a little bit, a little, little saner. We were like the first or second airplane in the airport that morning. And it was probably a little bit more enjoyable for her and a lot less stressful, uh, at least from what, uh, what I'm hearing from what Mark Baker experienced. uh, the, The parking was certainly a better situation. He went down to marathon and what happened, Tom? Yeah, well, he's got a house down in the Keys, and he was there for the holiday, and uh, so he had his uh, airplane down there at Marathon, but he went out to the airport over the weekend and noticed that uh, the place was just overrun with airplanes, including putting business jets on the grass, which is pretty unheard of. Hmm. Uh, you got to be pretty desperate to roll one of those things off the pavement. And uh, so anyhow, it, it just shows, again, how busy particularly South Florida was uh, over the holiday weekends. Yeah. So was that just a, a situation where all the snowbirds are going down to Florida, you figure? Or do we know exactly? Well, I think, uh, yeah, it's partly you know, just COVID-related. People have been cooped up and they are right. just anxious to go somewhere. And when you got means, uh, including a business jet at your, ex- your disposal, people took advantage of it and uh, let's go someplace warm. And yeah. so they all headed for Florida. Yeah. So well, and I think the fact that Florida is actually open and didn't have yeah. a lot of restrictions, you know, at the same time, my home, you know, my old home state of Minnesota was in a lockdown. And so, you know, if you're looking to go somewhere, heading to Florida where you could actually go sit in a restaurant if you chose to, uh, was suddenly a very attractive option. I got to you know? escape this jail, you know, and you just hop in your plane and go. Yeah. Hey, you got an escape plan and Florida, you know, 
was kind of suffered the brunt of it for all the local guys. So the uh, the chatter you heard from Mark Baker, who's you know, just so you don't know, he's the big Kahuna there at AOPA. Uh, he, he was just saying, commenting about how busy it was, and he was kind of surprised by that. Tom, is that what it was yeah. or what? Yeah, I think we were all surprised. I mean, we knew it was going to be busy, and you know, really all summer, the the volume of general aviation traffic across the country has been running higher than normal. Um, while the airlines, of course, have been in the tank, running at you know often twenty at only twenty percent of norms, uh, GA has been running often at twenty and thirty percent over norms. Yeah, uh, all summer. But uh, I think everybody was even surprised at the volume of traffic for the holidays, and it really was just causing a lot of a lot of people to be stuck on the ground, like I said, for hours on end, trying to get an, F- an IFR clearance to to climb, particularly into the flight levels on the routes headed to Florida. Yeah, well, it still beats flying commercial. I don't care, even That's if you true. got a little bit of a delay there. Still got a little extra freedom. All right, more coming up on Just Plain Radio. Stay close. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons flight training professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. With Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. What is this? Somebody enrolled somebody back into pilot school. So what do you say we quit that dead-end job you're in and put your mommy in a real nice home, something with 24-hour care on me, and not one of them Bangham and Binham joints, something really nice. It would be nice to go back to pilot school. This is Just Plane Radio. Gregor Copilot, that's me along with Captain Dennis from AOPA helping us out today. We've got Tom Haynes. Right, you can check him out at AOPALive.org. Uh, every week they're doing this video uh, newscast for pilots and aviation enthusiasts. Great stuff. Uh, and they got a few magazines out there, too. And, you know, they do all this stuff to represent pilots to the government, make sure they don't run over us up there in Washington. So they do a lot of great work. And you know this, you're a pilot. You can't be a pilot without belonging to AOPA, as far as I'm concerned. Is that a pretty good plug well, there can, for you? You can, but you shouldn't. Exactly. <laughs> you should not be flying without them. Thank you. And supporting Thank them you very accordingly. Much. Yeah. All right. Um, 
you know, we, we got some interesting stories we got to share with everybody uh, today. One involves uh, the French. Those French crazy folks, they do something. I don't know. They operate. They, they kind of run at their own, um, you know, pace. And I guess this happened like I don't know, seven years ago, but they finally put out a report about an incident at what airport, Dennis? Where was this? Well, it was at St. Bart's. And okay. So- you know, not only did it was it a problem that the French take their time, but it was probably island time, which just further you yes. know multiplied that double whammy, right? So they're a little bit slow to react to an incident that happened seven years ago, and that incident in, entailed what exactly? So uh, at St. Bart's is is a very interesting airport to land at. Um, you know, we've all seen the, the the cool videos of the people standing on the beach at uh, Princess Juliana Airport in St. Martin where you right. know, they're getting blown backwards, right? Yeah, on the well, beach there. Well, with St. Yeah. Bart's, the way that the winds are, it's it's kind of the opposite situation. You actually have to land down the hillside towards the ocean in order to be into the prevailing winds. So the airplanes are coming down very, very close to the terrain as they're descending for that landing. And for some wonderful reason there's actually a road with a traffic circle directly under the runway Hmm. Uh, so uh, an incident happened uh, apparently seven years ago where a photographer was trying to take pictures of a twin otter coming in for a landing and it was so low it actually knocked the camera out of the photographer's hands wow he got a little too close to the action I mean, it's one of those photo spots where, hey, this will be a great shot, man. I'll get in where the the plane's coming right in over us and the whole thing. And that's what he was doing. And literally the wing clipped his uh, camera and I assume knocked it out of his hand. Did it? Or do it? Yeah, it knocked it out of his hand. And the crew reportedly felt a jolt, but landed (laughs) safely. You know, and they had 15 passengers. So, I mean, this is a serious issue. This was a revenue flight involving, you know, innocent passengers. And Mm -hmm. whoops. Yeah. Uh, so, but, but apparently, the local really, officials. Well, what we really need to know is how did the picture turn out? You know, I think we probably broke the camera. We <laughs> so don't, I don't know. know if we'll ever actually see that one, or we have a really good close up of a rivet. Yeah. Uh, but, but it took uh, them seven years to what report this incident or decide what they were going to do about it. I, I think a combination of that. They they actually were investigating. You know what what happened. Mm-hmm. how it happened, what we can do to improve the situation. Yeah. And apparently in the meantime, the local officials have taken it upon themselves to implement things like uh, put up some walls and barriers to protect the traffic circle from uh, from the airport traffic. And they've also put in a mandate for special training for crews that regularly use the airport. So now, you know, Windward or whatever the airline is that's going to be flying in and out of there, the crews need to be certified to fly in and out of St. Bart's so that they're aware of the complexity of that downhill uh, landing and the fact that there's, you know, potential vehicle conflicts and things like that. They've been warned to avoid the paparazzi when they're landing in St. Bart's. Either that or give it a gust, a little jolt of power there and knock them over completely with the thrust. Yeah. It could be kind of a sport. How many can we get this time? Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, it took them a while, but they've made some adjustments. And uh, I don't know. It sounds like a pretty good photo spot, though. I mean, it's the same thing in St. Martin, like you said, on the beaches uh, when the planes are taken off. Well, it's not so much taking pictures of the airplanes, but taking pictures of the people that are hanging on the beach when they're uh, firing up or taking off and they get blown back on their asses. It's hilarious. It's some of the best YouTube viral video out there. 
and it still happens to this day. I'm sure it happened on uh, over the holidays. It's a thing. They got that bar there that is specifically set up there for that purpose. So you can sit back at the bar and just watch the idiots out on the beach. Or do you go there to get uh, get up enough confidence uh, and courage to go out and do it? No. No. I no. Mean, people have died. But uh, but it, it's a great uh, spectator sport kind of thing to watch. You know, if they watch the idiots, you know, yeah, call the, the human race kind of thing out there and just kind of be a, you know, be a spectator is kind of fun thing to do. I, I have done that. And I got to say it, it is, is very entertaining at times uh but if, if you haven't you don't want to get that close to the action there's plenty of youtube video available for you to peruse uh online all right so that's one nutty story we got another one you know we've been talking a lot about uh, drone stuff lately you know new rules that the faa put into effect we mentioned that last week and uh sometimes rules are not enough and they got to go a little farther uh with this guy right tom well you heard about this you you guys covered this uh this drone flyer, where was he exactly? Where do we know? What do we know? Well, about this was in uh, Philadelphia. Philly, right. <clears throat> yep. And this guy was uh, apparently well-known to the locals for being flying over Center City, Philadelphia, and uh, getting things on, at the top of buildings and flying in all sorts of airspace that uh, that he had no business flying in. He had been approached by the FAA on a couple of occasions for them warning him, basically, look, we've, we've seen what you're doing here, yeah. and you need to stop. And uh, what does he do? He continues to not only fly the drone in, in that same airspace, but he also continues to post the videos on YouTube for all the world, including the FAA investigators, to see. So how helpful of him mm-hmm. to uh, focus uh, all to the make his own case himself. for them. Exactly. Right. right. <laughs> well, and I think that he was extremely helpful in that his videos weren't just in-flight footage showing, you know, really good perspective, but he was also showing his control station, which actually included things like GPS position and altitude and speed. So it made it really easy for the FAA just to go out to YouTube and actually see the violation right there and have it documented for them. They didn't have to do any extra work. Yeah. Well, was this guy a kid or a a regular adult or just what? What's wrong with him? (laughs) I didn't see the specifics on it, but uh, I'm imagining he's a little bit more mature um, and he better have a large bank account because the FAA is not joking around. uh, They're looking at a total of $182,000 in fines for the 26 violations thus far that Hmm. they've- uh, Well, you know, if he's one of those YouTubers, that's like a drop in the bucket. That's nothing. They're making millions, some of these YouTubers. You know, I, I don't know how popular he was- but I assume he was going after that piece of the pie, you think, Tom, or do you know? Well, I don't know for sure, but, uh, you know, he, he probably can drum up some support among his subscribers maybe to to get a legal defense fund going or something right. like that. Protect Let's me see. from the man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But, yeah, that's kind of nutty, especially if, if you've you want to see more of these videos, like, subscribe, and right. donate. Yeah. Right. Smash the uh, like button or whatever there they say. Go. Right. Yeah, you know, but the thing is, uh, if you've gotten on the radar to the point where they've actually reached out to you and said, hey, you're doing something you're not supposed to, that would be, uh, you would think for most people, that'd be pretty big incentive to kind of curtail your activities uh, pretty much immediately. But I don't know, maybe he has trouble listening or what, but uh, uh, I guess I will find out if he continues, right? I mean, you think he's related to the uh, the flying guy out in California, Tom? Which, by the way, do you think the jet guy, is that a real guy or is it a drone? <laughs> I, that, we were talking about that last uh, week. I think he's a yeah. drone. 
Yeah, no, that's a great question. Mm. Um, but I, I'm, I don't, I, it's it's not a rocket guy. I, it's just not possible. It's not a rocket. Okay, so he thinks it's a drone guy, too. Yeah. Only time will tell. All right, more coming up. Stay close. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Off with Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Any of you boys seen an aircraft carrier around here? This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis. And from AOPA, we have Tom Haynes rounding out the crew as we navigate the latest aviation news and information and speculate on who is Rocket Man flying around the skies of L.A. You know, he did it again over the holidays, I guess. You know, that's a pretty compelling video they got of him this time. But it's still, you know, as I said last week on the air, you just see uh, this guy in a jetpack at 3000 feet and, and no, you know, he's not moving. And my guess is in a lot of speculative guess, and evidently Tom Haynes feels the same, that this is a drone, a life-size type drone that just happens to look like the rocketeer or something to that effect. You think Tom, that's your, that that's your feeling at the moment, at least. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like, Nobody who is in the rocket man business seems to believe that technology exists for him to do for that thing to do what it's doing yeah. you know, under rocket power or right. jet jet power. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't see any other logical explanation. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I don't either. I think uh, that's what's going to be uh, found out eventually. But, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's one of those things that will hopefully reveal itself over the next few weeks. Maybe something we'll find out here in 2021. Uh, or it could be something a little bit more intense, like alien technology. Yeah, it's been in the news a lot. Uh, I know you have you saw that report about uh, what, what was this? Uh, they thought it was a meteor that cruised through the system or space junk, and then now there there's some uh, real intelligent Harvard guy or something saying, "No, those were aliens." What was that story all about? Yeah, that was a 2017 kind of piece of space stuff. They went zinging by Earth uh, that uh, people didn't pay a lot of attention to, uh, but they did note that it didn't exhibit sort of normal behavior and that it, unlike a comet, it didn't have sort of the, the normal propulsion exhaust system and gases coming out of it that a that a comet might. Uh, and it was sort of odd shaped. It's kind of flat and pancake-like. Yeah. And um, at the time, people didn't think too much about it. But now this, uh, the guy who's head of astronomy at Harvard uh, is writing a book, and he claims that, uh, no, in fact, we stupid uh, earthlings uh, missed the message from some alien group that was trying to communicate with us, and that was part of their communication message, and and, and we just kind of let it all go sailing right by. It didn't, didn't even wave, just like, no. oh, it's space junk, see ya. I uh, wouldn't want to be uh, I mean, I will tell you, I saw some pictures. I don't know if this was the real picture of this I uh, suppose it, uh, well, I don't know if they think it's an alien spaceship or that's what he's alluding to or whatever, but it looks like a, I, I don't know, it looks like excrement, to be honest. A giant Floating space through. poo? Yeah, I mean, I was <laughs> like, what the heck? You know, maybe, uh, I, I I don't know how you look at that and go, there's intelligent life there. 
or just they, they you know they eat a lot of fiber. I don't know. It just didn't look. Uh, it does kind of resemble the the Battlestar Galactica. You know, it's kind of got that type of an appearance, yeah. but uh, you know, it still looks more like a rock than a spaceship. Yeah. Uh, rock. Okay, I think you're being polite. I think my description's a, a little bit more, uh, well, descriptive, I guess. But regardless, uh, you know, I don't know what he's basing this on, other than it was just the trajectory, trajectory, or of the how this thing went, or. It wasn't putting out any kind of like signals or radio signals or something, was it, Tom? Or do, does, is he saying? Or do you know? Well, I think I think you have to buy the two hundred and forty page book oh, to find out that, that level of detail. But right, uh, yeah, it, he's not very clear because you're right; it doesn't suggest that it's you know broadcasting something. It's yeah. just it was in some means uh, a way of communicating, according to this guy. Yeah. While the rest of the scientific world had kind of just dismissed it as a as a piece of uh, space junk. Right. Well, you know, maybe in 2021, we will find out that indeed the aliens are, are coming and the first sign of life will be there. Right. It was just a drive-by. Yeah. It was like, here, we don't give a crap about you. Literally, take this. <laughs> and, uh, and who knows what will happen. But, you know, it's kind of intriguing to see where this could go. I mean, all this technology, I don't know if it's uh, alien technology, but there was another report that said what carbon dioxide could turn into fuel. <laughs> and that'd be like exactly opposite of what they're telling us to get rid of it. And now we're finding out that, Hey, if we take it, we can actually turn it into something or what's going on there, Dennis. Yeah. Scientists at Oxford university have come up with a process that basically reverses the, the burning of jet fuel and making carbon dioxide. They flipped it on its head and with a relatively inexpensive catalyst, they're able to turn carbon dioxide back into a liquid fuel that could power a jet aircraft. So now instead of hmm. taking, you know, uh, raw fossil fuels and pumping them out of the ground and making more carbon dioxide, you could actually maybe take the emissions from a, uh, power plant or something like that and convert it back into a jet fuel, effectively making uh, commercial aviation carbon neutral. So this is really kind of, kind of interesting. They're saying that the process is easier and less complicated than making hydrogen from uh, and water into a fuel. So uh, let's see, let's see what happens, but if they can make, do anything to make you know, one jet fuel cheaper and also make it more appealing and reduce the greenhouse gases, I'm all for it. Well, sure. I mean, uh, I mean, w w how exactly do they do it? Do they describe how they how this process would work? Um, in theory, it's, they, or what? Well, they heated a mix of citric acid, hydrogen, and an iron manganese potassium catalyst. So I don't know how they're getting the heat from it, but I'm yeah. imagining that we could probably use solar, nuclear, something like that uh, to be able to provide the energy uh, to be able to do this. And, and basically, what they're trying to do is a mechanical version of what the trees do already by making fuel from carbon dioxide and sunlight. Interesting. Okay. So who knows? Technology may solve all our problems and we won't have to worry about uh, our carbon footprint and all that kind of stuff. Uh, well, it's going to be a long time before we're going to be able to get away from liquid fuels for aviation, just because we don't have the energy density. You know, there's a lot of talk about electric airplanes uh, being the future, but Right now, the batteries just don't have the the kind of uh, length of uh, runtime that we need for to be successful. So, if there's something we can do to get a carbon neutral uh, fuel source, uh, I think this might be a great step in the right direction. Well, you know, we need that alien technology. Sounds like quit sending us your poop. We send us, give us your technology on how to do this and save yeah. our planet for Christ's sakes. 
Maybe we, we can help them with the aesthetics of their ships right. and they just exactly. share the technology and run the propulsion. Oh, yeah. We have a lot of uh, fashion tips for your vessels <laughs> that we'd be willing like to, to share. Point you to trade. the folks at Industrial Light and Magic and <laughs> Lucasfilm. <laughs> They've got some great ideas. Right. Yes. We, we, you know, uh, we, even your look. Yeah, you, you'd look better in a robe. Take it from, from uh, little Yoda. Here. You know, we'll give you a picture. <laughs> this no <is> capes. <laughs> Oh golly! Well, you you never know. Yeah, you, you you never know. I mean, the pilots are seeing. You know, they're gonna. I think they're gonna be on the first line if this contact, if we have any real contact with this, because you know they're the ones that are getting all the news with these UFOs. I mean, you've seen this uptick in activity as well, right, Tom? Are you getting any calls from pilots at AOPA about this stuff as well? Uh, well, sure. Thing? Every every once in a while, somebody calls in with some you know wacky observation. Um, and, uh, you know, swears they've seen this, that, the other thing, but those are the ones that also usually make the news, uh, that we hear about through major media yeah. about, uh, some pilot reporting something weird in the sky. There was, uh, over one of the metropolitan areas just in the last week, there was another sort of blue object, um, that was seen in the sky that nobody could quite explain. And the FAA says that there were no airplanes in that area and they don't have any missing airplanes. I guess because it went plunging into a lake or something. Hmm. Um, and uh, it appeared to anyhow. And the FAA said, no, nope, wasn't one of ours. Interesting. Well, yeah, I, I did over the holidays. I watched one of those alien movie things, you know, that they released. And, and you know, there's some guy who says he knows how to reach out to the aliens and contact, you know, make contact with them by forming, you know, like a human chain of people that all think the same and and sing kumbaya around a campfire and that kind of thing and then they, they communicate with them then they show up and flash lights at them and then they disappear and that's it i'm like what is the point of that come on you got nothing come on you got to be able to do more than that we got to figure out how to turn the fuel from uh, carbon dioxide and uh, you know get something out of it and uh yeah we'll help them with the shapes of their spaceships I don't know. It's going to be a crazy year. Better than the last one, right? Everybody can agree on that much. And on that yeah, we'll note, do. we'll wrap it up. Till next time, remember, there is no better high than learning, learning to fly. To fly. Just Plain Radio is brought to you by JustPlainRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plain Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. They're just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlainRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plain Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. <laughs> Listen up, everybody. I have some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plane Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlaneRadio.com. <laughs>